Listeners, welcome to episode 102 of Stacey. Sorry, I started dancing. <laughs> then I realised that this is an audio medium. <laughs> and also I've got the world's creakiest chair. And I was like, this is a stupid, stupid idea. Welcome to episode 102 of a not dancing Stacey's pop culture parlour. I am your titular, Stace, preparing you for a journey through pop culture today. And joining me on the internet in this beautiful virtual parlour with Spider-Man doilies and BB-8 tea sets. That's a real thing that I own. <laughs> is a jolly fine podcasting bloke, Al Galpin. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Stace. It's lovely yeah. to be here. Excellent. I, uh, I wasn't lying about the BB-8 tea set. That is genuinely a thing that, that I own. That sounds pretty cool. Because I am so cool. I am a pretentious loose-leaf tea knob. <laughs> 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 but, um, you know... What are you going to do when you've got loose tea, loose leaf tea? You need a BB-8 teapot. You have to. Honestly. Anywho, how are you doing, you delightful, delightful bastard? <laughs> I'm doing very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Good, good. Um, Some of you might know these dulcet tones if you listen to the Ministry of Swooping or if you tuned into the Southampton Superpod back in 2018? 2017. 17. Three years. Oh. That seems too long ago. <laughs> it is That's too long ago. Insane. Wow. Um, yeah, so this is the owl that's the guy behind an insane 36-hour podcast. What did you do that for? <laughs> <laughs> to go one better than your 24-hour ones. Yeah, yeah you upstaging git bag. <laughs> I'm not, not doing that again. I'm not doing a 36-hour again. Whatever no. not. <laughs> Why? Because at three o'clock, I, I had about a three-hour spell in the middle of the night where I was talking to myself, uh, <laughs> and I don't think anyone was listening. So, do, yeah, do you know what? Slept. Yeah, the, uh, the the middle of the night ones are the hardest because unless you can hook in a couple of American listeners, which I also couldn't do, uh, there is a period where no money's coming in and nobody's listening, and you're just thinking, hmm, what am I doing? <laughs> Yeah. See, my, my, part of my issue was I had two American podcasts lined up to call in at like two and three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And at two o'clock, the first one just didn't hear anything. Oh, no. Uh, and then at three o'clock, the one that I'd arranged to do at three o'clock called in. And then, and then five minutes later, the one from two o'clock tried calling in at three o'clock as well. Oops. Um, it turns out that they didn't understand my email with the time difference. Because between <laughs> organising them and actually doing the podcast, the clocks had gone forward. Oh. Uh, and they hadn't realised, despite me emailing to say, hey, BT dubs, clocks go forward. <laughs> So that initial time difference I gave you, just adjust it by an hour. They didn't do that. So uh, I had to fill for an hour. I then had one US-based podcast and then was back down to just me again because I couldn't get any more Yanks involved, unfortunately. Oh, That's why this time, spoilers, I'm doing another one this year, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing it overnight. I'm doing two separate days, start and finish, both days, no overnights. I think that's a very good idea, <laughs> just for your sanity more than anything yeah, else. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, I was, I was always planning to do a second one. Mm. And then in 2018, we went and had a baby, uh, which <laughs> kind of, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Threw plans out. Just basically, I just completely forgot about it for a year mm. and then thought about it last, early last year, by which it was too late to do one for this time of year. So I thought, okay, well, we did it for comic relief in 2017. 2019 was obviously a comic relief year. 2021 is the next comic relief year. I was like, well, so I'll do something then. But I kind of want something to do in the meantime. So maybe I'll do a smaller one for sport relief just to get a few sporty podcasts together. That was the plan. 
something mm-hmm. small. <laughs> uh, and it's turned into a full-on two-day podcast festival with 16 different podcasts actually coming to Southampton. I think that is actually amazing, though, because, I, like, so I'm in the unique position where I've got a bit of an understanding of what it's like to try and organise a marathon podcast situation for charity. But I also actually work for a charity in my normal day job. So I have got all of the sympathies in terms of, I think, because I think <laughs> when you're not, when you're not in it, you don't quite realise how much there is to think about because it's not just a case of like, oh, yeah, I've put together this podcast festival. I asked all of my mates and they said, yeah. And then I got this venue and it was great because that's not how it, how it works <laughs> even a bit. It's like, oh, I've asked 37 venues and I've had two replies and they both said no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so I like have to take all of my hats off. I'm not currently wearing any hats because I've got <laughs> headphones on. But if I had hats on, I would take them off to you because um, I think, the fact that you've even attempted this is redonk. The fact that you are actually pulling it off is even more <laughs> impressive. Well, it's, it looks like we're pulling it off so far. <laughs> Come back yeah. to me on March the 9th and, let me, and I'll tell you if it actually works or not. <laughs> yes, so before we actually talk a bit more about the shows and everything, tell everybody when this is and where they can get tickets. Uh, it is March the 7th and the 8th. It's in Southampton. It's a bar called The Social. We're in the upstairs bar there. Um, so if anyone listening is in Southampton area, you can come along and join us. We're, we're starting at one o'clock each day and going through until about sort of half 10, 11, whenever the show ends, basically. Uh, and from seven o'clock onwards, it's ticket only, but before then it's free entry. So you can come along, uh, and listen to some good podcasts. And, uh, if you want to stick around, stick around, buy a ticket, stay for the evening and raise some money for sport relief. Excellent. I'm so miffed that I can't come. I know. I'm so Me miffed. too. You'll I be was, there in spirit. I will be there in spirit and I'll be, I'll probably be in Birmingham drunk. So, um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, actually, I'll be at a kid's birthday party. So I really hope I'm not drunk. Um, <laughs> it's my niece's birthday. But to be fair, if I, if, if it didn't cost me a ton of money to get to Southampton and it wasn't my niece's birthday, I would 100% be there because I think it sounds really great. It's shaping up quite nicely, I must admit. Oh, I didn't mention just now, superpod.co.uk, that's where you can get tickets. Like, there you, you go. Asked me and I didn't answer the question. <laughs> I didn't notice. I'm sorry, I'm a terrible host. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> just asked you a question. I was like, he didn't even answer. Fuck it. Let's carry on. Yeah. <laughs> Worst host ever. Um, so who have you got? Obviously, I know these things because I've been p- poking my nose in. Here's a thing <laughs> that people should know about if they ever think of doing uh, a marathon podcast event. Don't tell me because I'll just poke my nose in where it doesn't belong all the fucking time. Like, hey, how's it going? How's it going? How's it going? How are you doing? Do you want any help? How's it going? <laughs> no, you're more than welcome to do that with me. It's absolutely fine. Just drive everybody mad, I think. <laughs> I just don't want people to get as stressed as I did. <laughs> basically yeah. i'm just like please don't you know well, have a mental breakdown like i did <laughs> well it's been relatively fortunate timing this horrible work incident i've had in the last few weeks which has yeah. left me unable to work for three whole weeks now uh i've been basically sat around the house had i not had a superpod, the house would have been spotless he's <laughs> quite annoyed that the house isn't spotless mm. that i've just been sat at home on my bum for three weeks Basically doing all kinds of superpod stuff, working on website, creating videos, uh, buying bits of software to make things work better, all that kind of stuff, uh, and emailing people and dropping flyers into to all the restaurants and bars I can think of in town. Uh, so yeah, it, it's good timing. If I didn't have had that 
time off work, I would have been absolutely crazy at this point, I think. <laughs> and I might well yet be by the time we get there. It's still another two and a bit weeks. Mm. Are you going to be there all day again? I mean, I know, like, obviously you'll yeah. be able to sleep in between them this time, yes. which is uh, That's exciting. I like bonus. that. I do think, I've got to say, the one thing I do think was great about your the way you set up your show is that you finished at a time when you could just naturally go to bed. I always made the mistake of starting at nine in the morning and finishing at nine in the morning. <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah. so I'm like, I want to go to bed, oh, but it's nine in the morning. Can't. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's yeah, I think, the other thing. Doing a 24-hour show, it's great you do a 24-hour show, but you know you are going to be awake the full 36 hours before you have to yeah. crash again. Otherwise, you might just be, yeah, your yeah. sleep patterns will be off for days. Have, have a little nap, but then essentially yeah. it's like, yeah, stay up for the rest of the day. It's not yeah. going to work. <laughs> yeah, doing 36, that's the one advantage, the advantage yeah. of doing 36 hours. <laughs> Yeah, it's not I mean, really I could. An advantage, but I could have just started them later in the day, but um, I'm not that sensible, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you don't want to start too late in the day if you're doing 24 hours, because who wants to start something at like nine or ten o'clock? Because yeah, then the no one listens. Hours, everyone turns up. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, I see you. I'm off to bed. Yeah. And you're you've like, you've got to no. maximise the daytime listening hours for, for That's the audience. True. That's what you got to do. That is true. Well, we're saying this as though I'm ever going to do one again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, for anyone else out there listening who's uh, yeah. inspired by by the pair of us and our crazy antics, then uh, to be fair, I do, <laughs> I do go on as though it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to me. But genuinely, the, th- the three live shows that I've done for myself and inserting myself into as much superpod as I humanly could, <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. No, um, I I really enjoyed that, and I was very very grateful for it. I feel like. What I was doing there was it was a case of I'm in Southampton and I don't know anybody here, so and I'm awake, so I may as well just turn up and <laughs> yeah. hope that Al isn't like get out between, of my face. Between you and Dr. Scree, I was very proud <laughs> of the pair of you because you were there loads between you. <laughs> I was trying I was going for a record, but I don't know if I hit it. Um <laughs> I think I I don't know how long you were there for. I listened back to like the very end the mm. other day randomly, the like the last Sort of 20 minutes when we all got ridiculously excited when we hit our target yeah it is good when you hit your target when you're on air yeah because uh because otherwise it feels kind of like what did i even do that for (laughs) yeah exactly i haven't set a target this time because i have literally no idea what's going to happen obviously we've got tickets to sell this time if we sell if we sell out then we'll have beaten the previous total oh wow just on ticket sales um, which would be good it would so, in an ideal world, it would be great to do double what we did last time. But whether we do, uh, we'll have to wait and see. So, anyone out there listening, if you want to give some money to Sport Relief, give it through us. Um, <laughs> do, please, please. do it that way. The donation page is already open, superpod.co.uk. Click on Donate in the top right-hand corner. Donate our Just Giving page. Nice. You can do it now. Do it now. Go do on. it now. And if you do want uh, – also, the whole full schedule for the whole thing's on there. And if you want to listen or even watch – uh, you can do so via the website and all the details of other places you can listen are all on there as well because we're going to have people there filming and streaming it all on Facebook. Oh, my God, I'm so glad that wasn't Exciting. happening last time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been yeah. like, no, not my face as well. <laughs> I mean, this time we've got everything. We've got a, pre- we've got a, uh, a projector. We're going to have a slideshow. We're going to play some videos. We're going to put some pictures up. Oh, it's it's going to be a full multimedia experience this time if it all works. <laughs> Just put your put your faith in your product. So who are the sort of like headline ticketed acts 
the headline ticket at Axel, uh, we've got basically a support act and a headliner each night, and then a kind of a, a warm up. And the warm up is basically me playing music. Um, <laughs> so it starts, the ticket part starts at seven o'clock. So seven till eight is the Superpod show, uh, which is effectively time to clear out all the, the daytime guests. And as the ticket guys start coming in, so it's going to be me. I'm going to be playing some music. I'm going to be getting some local sports teams in to talk to. Uh, we've got Solent Softball League coming in one day and the Southampton Corfball team coming Ooh. in day to talk about what the hell Corfball is. I was just going to say, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's a mixed gender sport, kind of like netball, but <laughs> slightly different. Right. Is it as insane as Kabaddi? Have you ever seen Kabaddi? No, it's not as insane as Kabaddi. Kabaddi is the most insane thing. I in the love world. Kabaddi. What the fuck is it? What were they smoking when they came up with <laughs> Kabaddi? I love it. Nice. Oh. Yes, yeah, so, so I'm doing that. And also, uh, on the Saturday, because Matt Lees is doing his podcast on the Saturday afternoon, he's going to do some live music for us on Saturday night on the Superpod show. Uh, and then on Sunday, we are going to do a screening of the One Voice, One Mic documentary that oh, Ben Montgomery nice. did. Uh, he said we could do that, so we're going to do that on the Sunday as part of that show. So as people are coming in, they can sit and watch that for a bit. Uh, and then Saturday nights is Sports Spiel, the Players Podcast. They are our support act. There are a couple of guys who interview different sports stars. Uh, in fact, they just this evening announced who it was that's coming down. Uh, Hannah Diamond, who is a sailor, um, she is coming down to talk about her career in sailing and whatnot so that's on eight till nine on saturday and then from nine o'clock until whenever he's got to go and get his train is uh desert island dicks uh, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is a great name for a podcast and was obviously edited out of the bbc radio solon interview that i did mm-hmm. last week because <laughs> i didn't think about it till afterwards mm-hmm. um, but that's effectively it's like desert island discs but it takes a situation where you're marooned on the desert island after a plane crashed with the, your least favourite people on board, your least favourite food, your least favourite drink, your least favourite movie on the entertainment system oh, and all no. that kind of stuff. Uh, and he normally gets different comedians on to, to go through those lists and it's pretty entertaining. So that's the Saturday night. Uh, and then Sunday night, uh, support is the Dredgeland podcast Spectacular. Excellent. Which people might remember from 2017, uh, which was absolutely bonkers crazy. Uh, so <laughs> yep. they're doing that from eight and then from nine o'clock is life goals with theo delaney which by quirk of fate is another desert island discs style podcast where he gets a celebrity football fan on each week to discuss their eight favorite goals from their life ah. um, and what they were doing in their lives at the time those goals were scored and that kind of stuff oh that sounds awesome so we're we're still waiting on a sorting out a guest for that one and I've been emailing Theo back and forth for the last few weeks going, uh, he's like, um, we are still trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, help. I'm well, sure it'll be all right people. on the night. You know, you know, I emailed out some, some, cause he wants to get a Southampton fan if he can, seeing as we're doing it in Southampton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I emailed a few people that I knew were Southampton fans. And of course they all turn out to be busy. Like you and Thomas, the, the runner he's like that sounds like a great idea unfortunately i'm already doing something for sport relief that weekend so i can't do it how rude uh, oh, great and then someone else in my back went oh that sounds like an awesome idea fortunately i'm at children festival <laughs> uh, so yeah we, we we will get there you will so get there you know and then uh we've got some other good stuff throughout the weekend i'm doing my show i'm doing ministry of sweeping we've got a show about the nfl We've got a show about the Olympics and Paralympics. We've got What's Your Favourite uh, with Jamie 
Owen, which is kind of just him asking people what's their favourite food, what's their favourite drink, what's their favourite whatever. He's got a list of stuff, so that's quite good. And then on the Sunday, we've got the Football Book Club, which I quite like. They're a bunch of TV writers um, who write for things like Horrible Histories and stuff like that, and they get together and all read a footballer's autobiography Uh and find funny stories in that. So they've got a book that they will be reading. They're going to be reading Danny Higginbottom's autobiography uh, for us on the Sunday evening. Awesome. Well, if you all want to sort of imagine that somewhere in there, I might have turned up and talked about sports movies and then left. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what I might do anyway is just release an episode about sports movies and tell everybody to donate to your show. Anywho, because they should. Um, Also, I don't really talk about sports movies a lot, so it'll give me an excuse to like watch some and then be like, I hate this or (laughs) 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 or maybe actually be, you know, impressed by one. Yeah, I, I might. I've got to watch some more sport more sport movies again. Yeah, there are some was... good movies, that sports movies that I like. Mm. I haven't seen in ages. Moneyball is one of my favourite. Every yeah, time I see that, that on, it's on Netflix, and I always tempted to put it on. Kitty's like, "Nah, you've watched that several times." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's good." <laughs> Well, my hubby is currently doing a thing whereby he wants to watch a movie every day or the equivalent to every day that he's never seen before. So I'm sure there's going to be some sports movies that we can wrestle together. Although there's a lot like uh, there's a lot of like the really big ones that I haven't seen at all, like Moneyball and Field of Dreams and most of the Rocky movies. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm bad at films. I don't know why I'm allowed to have a podcast, if I'm honest. Um, (laughs) I hear you say that a lot on this show. Yeah, it's because, like, uh, I have got, I've definitely got better since I got a Cineworld card and I can actually see films as they come out. But, like, I didn't really start properly watching films and so I started dating my husband. And, like, so before that, like, really I'd only seen about 12 films that existed in my house, which was, like, Willow and The Running Man. Like just over and over again. Uh, (laughs) Labyrinth. Uh, (laughs) They could could have been worse movies. To be fair. Like when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the movie Candyman. I thought that film was fucking amazing. And I think it's just because I saw it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I rewatched it recently and I was like, yeah, it's okay. Like Tony Todd's great. He's great. But the rest of the movies, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it's all right. Too many bees, man. Too many bees. Yeah. In his mouth. In his yeah. mouth. They were really in yeah. his mouth as well, apparently. They wouldn't do that to, these days. Oh, no. He had to put this thing in his mouth to stop them crawling down the back of his throat. Oh. And I was like, oh. <laughs> um Anyway, I suppose that's a fairly good segue from Superpod into pop culture. <laughs> Just talk <laughs> about us, yeah. the Candyman, which is not related <laughs> to sports at all. I don't, I don't even know how I got there. <laughs> And it because I'm a kind, lovely, lovely host, I'll let you go first in terms of uh, talking about things that you've seen, watched, read, done, yeah. listened to of All late. Right. That's very kind of you. Well, like I was saying to you earlier, uh, as a, a father to a two-year-old now, the house is manic. We never keep up. To, so a lot of my things will be people have already finished stuff and I'm going to way through it. That's so, good, because but, then you can spoil it and no one will care. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, the statute of limitations on spoilers for the things I'm going to talk about have <laughs> long since gone. So we're okay. But the most recent thing I've been watching is um, The Boys on Amazon, because mm. I'd heard a lot about it before. I heard people saying it was good. And I just got given a three-month trial of Amazon prime so i thought right well i've got this time i'm gonna watch um the boys and watch a couple of episodes of picard as well which uh 
I might talk about it in a minute. But yeah, uh, the boys. Have you seen any of it before? Uh, no, I haven't. I my hubby's watched it. I've got a feeling, although I don't, I don't remember because I've got a shockingly bad memory. I've got a feeling that he put on an episode, and it was just a bit too much for me. Like it was a bit too, you know, violent and mean yeah. and nasty. And I was like, I don't think I'm down with this. Yeah. Um, it's like it's, Game of Thrones. It's too grim. I can't. <laughs> it can it can be a hard watch at times, is the way mm. I described it to Kitty yesterday. The weird thing was, I watched the first episode the other night. I was, like, I was just flicking through, and I was like, oh, yeah, that. I'm going to watch that. And I started it, because Kitty had gone to bed, and then her mum, who'd been staying here, she came in and sat down, and she's like, oh, what are you putting on? And I was like, oh, it's this thing. And the boys, I'm going to give it a try. She went, oh, I'll sit with you and watch this. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> she was too, afterwards she was like it wasn't too bad it was all right and then i told her like, the next day i'd watch the next one and told her what happened she went yeah i probably won't watch anymore then <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's just I when can... when within the first episode there's a guy talking to his girlfriend holding his her hands and this you know looking into each other's eyes and then all of a sudden their equivalent of the flash just runs through her Ugh. and there's just blood splattered everywhere and the guy's just left holding her arms Oh no! And I was like, um, "Oh, oh, this is the kind of show this is." <laughs> yeah. H- holy shit! <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was one of those things where because I've not I've not read the comics it's based on either. Um, no, mostly because it's got a reputation for being like, yeah, like it's like what if superheroes, but like gross and that. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know. You know, there are ways to do that. I think, but I don't. I don't think the boys is the way that I would like to see done if that makes sense yeah there Um, there are lots of different versions of you know that kind of idea aren't there out there this is particularly gruesome i suppose yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's a good word for it i've also got like a limited sort of um tolerance for simon pegg and there is a character in it who is like literally physically at least based on him uh, so i assume that's I, I assume he plays him in the tv show i actually don't know um, he, he is in the tv show okay he, he plays like the main guy's dad that sounds about right yeah he, um, i mean i've seen four of the eight episodes so far and simon Pegg isn't in it a huge amount okay well that's reassuring he's, he's in the first episode a bit because after the thing happens with the girlfriend he's there talking to the son blah 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 and then he's in another one very briefly and then I think that's it. I think I've seen him in maybe two episodes, uh, and he's not—he's not like a big part or anything. Yeah. Okay. Because like I don't know what it is about Simon Pegg. There are some films where I just think he's amazing. Like Shaun of the Dead is legit one of my favourite films, like yeah. to ever exist. Good. But like I don't know. And I think Hot Fuzz is great too. But like I, he was so crap in Star Trek. Oh like, God, that accent! Just so. I mean, it's not just the accent either. It's just like no, but it's just I'm just getting flashbacks. Well, yeah, it's not the well, accent. Yeah, the accent is, is not good. <laughs> no. I mean, he does an American accent in The Boys, and it's mm. not too bad. Mm. I always struggle like with people just doing different accents in general, because especially with people who are that famous, because I know what they're supposed to sound like, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, like, it does. I actually find Tom Holland's natural accent really distracting now, because <laughs> I'm so used to hearing him as yeah. a, with an American accent that – when I hear him speaking his like his English accent, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh no. I mean, that happens with a few people, and, and, and to, uh, you know, especially TV actors who do parts for a long, long time, mm. and then you suddenly remember, oh, actually, no, they're not American, are they? Um, are they are, speaking, sticking in with accents from people that were in Star Trek and also in The Boys, <laughs> uh, Carl Urban mm-hmm. is in it doing a British accent. 
which wavers. Sometimes it's pretty decent, (laughs) and sometimes it's a little bit, no, a bit OTT. Mm. I mean, at one point in the episode I just watched, he gives this attempt at a motivation motivational speech uh, by referring to him and his little group as different members of the Spice Girls, Mm. and it's like, what, what, what is this? (laughs) Your accent is wavering. He's like, yeah, no, you're, you're like sporty Spice, yeah? What's she done since Spice Girls? Fucking nothing. <laughs> and it's like, but he's supposed to have been in the States a long time, and yet yeah. he still uses British lingo for stuff. Brilliant. Oh, so we've got to get out of here. The Rosas are coming. The Rosas? It's like, for fuck, no one's going to understand this. <laughs> I wouldn't have understood that without the context. I think it was Rosas. <laughs> it, it was something. It was it was not American lingo. And I'm like, and, you know, he's a Kiwi. Someone's <laughs> probably had to teach him these things mm. for, them to, for him to do the dodgy British accent in this American show oh. that most people watching aren't going to understand. Mm. He's like, oh, come on, get, get his body. We'll stick it in the boot. <laughs> I was like, I was feeling a little bit bad ragging on actors for doing bad accents because I cannot hold an accent other than my own, except a slightly posher version of my own for longer than <laughs> like half a sentence. But then I think, well, I'm not getting paid to do that as my job. And if I was, I would lose my job because that's <laughs> how shit I am at it. Because um, I like... I always find it fascinating when you find out that somebody's natural accent isn't the one that you've been hearing. Like, David Tennant's a good one for me. I had no idea he was Scottish because the only thing I'd seen him in prior to hearing him be Scrooge McDuck was was Doctor Who. Yeah. And he just has like a sort of standard British accent in it. And I was like, okay, yeah, fine. The first time I heard him like full-blown Scott the shit out of something, I was like, I don't know how to take this. It's so bizarre. But that's how great he is at having like a, a British accent. But then he did... Shit. He did a sports film about the Manchester airplane crash, the Manchester United airplane oh, crash. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember what part he put. I feel like it was supposed to be a Welsh accent, but I could be missing the mark there. I'll have to ask Rich. But like that was a spectacular failure. <laughs> I think anyone attempting a Welsh accent is going to be a, a spectacular failure unless they're actually yeah. Welsh. Mm, yeah, it's, no, not a, it's not a good idea. That's why I think it doesn't do little. Isn't Robert Downey Jr. doing a Welsh accent in Doolittle? Is that what the accent is supposed to be? I think so. Are you there kidding? Are, there are certain aspects of what I've seen in the trailers that sound sound like someone doing a... I won't say they sound Welsh. They sound like someone trying to do a Welsh accent. Oh, that's really bad. I mean, I haven't seen the film. and I, To be honest, I don't think I will because no, even though it's Robert Downey Jr. and I love him, I've got so little interest in that film based on the trailers yeah. and my you know lack of caring for the story of Doolittle anyway but that I remember I saw that trailer a couple of months ago and I just turned to Rich and I was like what what is that accent that mm. he's supposed to have what is this what and neither of us could fathom it out I am amazed to find out that's supposed to be well from what I've read online that people think it's Welsh oh oh it's bad <laughs> yeah yeah it's so good <laughs> Oh, Why so do they funny. even try? Oh yeah, uh, do you know what? Just be American. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to matter. It's a, in the grand scheme of things, it's a story about a man who can talk to animals. Yeah. What does it matter what accent it is? You're not going to suddenly go, "Oh, this film's not believable." He's American and he's living yeah. in Britain. Doesn't he can talk sense. to fucking animals. Of course, it's not believable. <laughs> oh no! Wow. I I want to see that film even less now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I didn't think that was even possible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the boys, you're enjoying it then? 
I am en- I am enjoying it, but it's one of those that I can't fully binge watch because I feel like after watching it for an hour, I need a break, yeah. and I can't watch another one straight away. Like yeah. the, the last episode I finished just as as Kitty and her mum came back in from from being out for the evening. They went out to see Emma and apparently enjoyed it very much. So they they got back just as I finished this episode, and I was like going. <sighs> It's like, you're right. Like, yeah, that was just that was a bit much, mm. and it wasn't a gory one either. It was it was two heroes flying out to intercept a plane that had been hijacked by terrorists. Right, and they you know rip the door open, go in, kill the three terrorists in the uh, in the cabin, uh, and then close the door again. And everyone's like, "Yay, thank you very much." And like, "Yeah, you're not, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's all good." Uh, and then they open the door to go and see the pilot to find out that the pilot's had his throat slit and the co-pilot's got a gun to his head from another terrorist. Um, and their version of Superman, which is kind of a cross between Superman and Captain America. You imagine, you know, blue suit, red boots, but a cape that's the American flag and blonde, yeah. hair, blonde hair, blue eyes. Complete merge of the two. It was brilliant. Uh, he ends up using his laser vision to take out the terrorist who shoots the pilot at the same time. And then the laser vision also takes out all the cockpit controls. Oh, whoops. So the plane starts to go down. And then he's there with, he's called Homelander, this guy. And the other one there is called Queen Maeve. And she's like Wonder Woman. And she's like, can, can you not just go outside and push the plane up? You know, like you see in all the comic books and comic book movies, help land the plane. And he's like, no, I can't do that. At this speed, one wrong push and the plane will flip over and, you know, it's no good. Plus, I've got nothing to stand on. I can't just, you know, stand on something and lift it up. It's not good. It's not going to work. We're going to have to go. It's like, what do you mean go? It's like, well, we can't, we can't do anything. We're going to have to go. Oh. So they both make their way back through the plane to, to the back of the plane, past everyone. And he's, he's saying to everyone, it's all good. It's fine. Don't worry. It's a little bit of turbulence. Uh, we'll, we'll be fine. And she's clearly like disturbed by this, sees a little girl in a seat with her mum and t- starts taking them out of the seats and like, no, you two come with me. And she's going to save these two people, mm. gets to the back of the plane and he sees her coming with these two. He's like, no, you can't take them. They'll tell everyone that we left everyone else to die. So oh. he makes her leave them behind as well. And they both fly out the door and then just are hovering in the air, watching this plane start to drift towards the sea. And then like, one or two bodies start to fall out the, out the side. And you just hear the screams of people saying, save us, save us. And I'm like, holy crap. Well, that's... It was... I was like, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, oh, 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 okay. Um, what? what? <laughs> See, I feel like this is the sort of thing that happens when people think too much about superheroes. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I've always... I'm, I'm not a writer at all, but I've always thought that the... The fine line you have to tread between when you're writing superheroes in particular, between doing something that's interesting, but also doing something that's like fun and also semi-believable, but not making it so realistic that it, it suddenly becomes unbelievable. And that like that to me is like where somebody's gone right. So, you know, let's think about superheroes. Let's think about all these, like, you know, tropes where we get, like you say, Superman holding up the plane and it just lands and blah, blah, blah. You know, how could we realistically approach that situation? What could a person actually do? And that's not what I want to see in my entertainment. <laughs> like, no. I am I am one of these people who, like, 90% of the time, I want my entertainment to be full-on escapism. Like, I mean, I don't mind watching the odd 
you know, documentary or the odd, you know, serious drama or whatever. But nine times out of ten, I want to, I want to not be thinking about how shit the real world can be. Mm. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. like that, that is a hundred percent affirming to me that it is a good thing I didn't watch the boys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole thing is, you know, this this group, which is effectively the, you know, the Justice League, are controlled by a corporation. Uh, and the, the big thing that seems to be going on in these first few episodes is this corporation are trying to get the US government to bring their heroes into the military because uh, they, they've basically got licensed heroes in every major city in the in the states. So each city pays this company money for a contract for them to supply a costumed hero, um, and they're trying to go one better and put them in the army to fight in overseas battles and stuff. Mm. And I'm, I was thinking to myself as I was watching it, this is actually what would happen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And that thought scared me far too much. Mm. <laughs> so I can I can imagine the Americans doing this if this was real. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of nations doing it. If I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I'm quite glad I don't live in a world of superheroes. If I'm honest. Yeah, um, it would part, be partly because crap. I think I would a hundred percent be one of those people that you see in the films running and screaming who later gets like squashed by a bit of debris, but no one cares because <laughs> at the yeah. end of the day, who gives a shit that this entire fucking city has just gone because, you know, we killed the bad guy in the end or we've captured the bad guy. in the end. Yeah. Like I am collateral damage. I've got that written all over me <laughs> yeah. in a video game. I'd be like the non-playable character that just gets smished <laughs> <laughs> by something. <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't. As much as uh, as much as you're enjoying it, I don't think I'll be watching the boys. Yeah, it's it is, it's not the easiest thing in the world to watch. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but okay. I, I do find it quite interesting. It's quite there are good entertaining aspects to it. Mm. Much like this is, I have it's the same issue I have with Walking Dead. Is that I like certain aspects of it. I like certain characters in it. The overall story, I'm interested to see where it goes. But could you just dial it down a bit? <laughs> do you know that is exactly why i stopped watching the show and reading the comics because i was like it cannot be it ca- like surely maybe i'm just naive but surely in the event of a zombie apocalypse surely not everybody would become a monumental psychopathic arsehole. <laughs> yeah like surely some of us would just be like wanting to take care of survivors and help people get yeah, supplies hope. and build a nice little community like come on not every human you meet is going to have turned into like a zombie skin wearing lunatic. <laughs> There's this thing that happened. Like my, a couple of our mates came round to watch Walking Dead with us one night, and it was the one where um, Glenn got killed. I did actually tune back in for that one because and I'd heard it was a good episode. So that's why that's why I tuned out at that point. Yeah, I've I started watching it again because Kitty watches it and I do other stuff whilst Kitty's watching it. So I've kind of, I hear and see what's going on. It's the same way I know what's going on in Neighbours. <laughs> she watches it every day and I'm, whilst I'm doing something on the laptop. Uh, so I, 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 I watch it via osmosis more than anything else. Uh, but that episode, when he died, when it happened and I was watching it, I'm going, this is too much. They didn't show that much. This is horrible. This is horrible. And I literally stood up, walked out of the room, walked out of the back door uh, and went straight out left the battle open and just walked off. Well. Uh, and it was only when I was like a quarter of a mile down the road that I realised it was wet and I had no shoes on. Oh, no. Because I was like, no, no, no. I did not like it. I really no. did not like it. And I refused to watch it again after that. It was... That episode was a weird one for me because um, in Richie's bid to watch 
you know, a different movie every day, which this is, I think, his third year of doing it. So we have watched an awful lot of Dross. Um, one of the things that we have watched an awful lot of because they are in abundance is shit horror films, oh, shit, yeah. shit slashers. We've just, we've been through like every franchise that there fucking is of, uh, <laughs> of any sort of level of scary movie and some of them have been really good but i think i've been a bit desensitized to gore now yeah um so like yeah so like glenn glenn's head getting caved in didn't didn't bother me too much partly because it was almost panel for panel what was in the comic anyway and i'd already read that a couple of years before so I, i sort of knew what to expect and also because i've watched like so much of this you know murder times what bothers me more than anything is when things and it given the state of the world at the moment it might it might be a more realistic view than the one i hold but i hate when things have such a negative like a constantly negative view of humanity it's like one of the reasons i struggle with some episodes of black mirror is because i think Mm. they assume that every single human in the world is a dickhead (laughs) and like they will get any you know, new bit of technology or whatever and use it to fucking torture one another and, you know, tear people to shreds or kill each other. Like, it's like, you know, the, the very first episode is a bit, you know, the one where um, the Prime Minister fucks a pig mm. because his daughter's been kidnapped or something. Yeah. I forget, it's been a long time since I watched it. Yeah. And the end of that episode is literally everybody in the fucking world tuning in to watch a crying man fuck a pig because he thinks his daughter might get killed. And yeah. I'm like, how little does Charlie Brooker think of people that he thinks that, like, I don't know, like nurses and stuff are going to stop seeing their patients to watch a distraught man fuck a pig? Like, I just, I couldn't, I can't get behind that like i know assholes exist i'm not an idiot i've not buried my head in the sand you know i've i've heard of trump Uh, (laughs) like but but similarly i work for a charity and i you know i do i do see that there are still good people out there willing to do good shit to help each other out and i think it's wonderful that those people exist and that's why i just i can't get behind like it's just so relentlessly harsh yeah the walking dead um, yeah. it's just like, and every time they think they're about to be somewhere comfortable and good, it's like, oh, here's another group of humans who've turned into pricks <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to, to come and be prickish. Like, I'm like, no, stop it, Robert Kirkman. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing it? There was something, I can't even remember what it was now, recently me and Kitty were watching on TV that we, we after one episode or a couple of months ago, we just looked at each other afterwards and we're like, are you enjoying this? <laughs> And we're like, no. Why are we still watching it? Like, it's because we've been watching it for like five series. <laughs> and we're like, but shouldn't we stop? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what show it was, but we'd have been we were watching it out of habit. But it was it was so depressing and yeah. so miserable that why are we we get such limited time to watch stuff? <laughs> why would we watch something that makes us feel like utter shit? Yeah. Let's watch something that's a bit more fun, or at least exciting. Yeah, because that's the thing, is that, like, I'm not somebody who... I don't need everything to be, you know, flowers and rainbows. Like, one of my favourite shows is Bojack Horseman, which is, Uh, let's face it, not easygoing. (laughs) I've literally just started watching that in the last couple of weeks. I've watched the first maybe four or five. I'm probably going to watch some more tonight before bed. Oh. But, yeah, because I... 
it's one of those things I never had hadn't had time to watch in the last few years. Mm. That I thought, oh, I see it's on on Netflix. I'm going to watch it. Like I won't I won't say anything too much then because I do not want to spoil anything for you. But like BoJack Horseman to me is the perfect example of a show being realistic and showing some pretty heavy shit whilst also um, being really fucking funny yeah. and sometimes really silly and super clever and imaginative and interesting and creative. So it's got like all these extra layers to it. Like it's another one of those shows that I can't watch too many in a row, particularly there's some episodes in particular that like full on made me cry, but like it's only because it's so good and so the characters are so likable even when because they've all got flaws but the characters are so interesting and innovative and sort of i want to say realistic but one of them's a fucking horse but you know <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i mean hunter almost put it on the other day because i'd uh i'd gone out to pick him up from nursery after having watched the episode and so it was on it, we got virgin so we've gone back to the, the front page of netflix where it's got the choice of different um people's profiles yeah and uh, I'd brought him home. I was getting him a snack. He'd come into the front room. He'd somehow gone into my profile, gone into my recently watched, and had gone into the Bojack bit without starting an episode. Yeah. And I just came in, and he had a grin on his face, pointing at the TV, going, Horsey! Horsey! Oh. And I was like, no, you are not watching this. <laughs> this is not what you think it is, mate. You definitely don't need to see a horse get drunk at this age. Not all cartoons are for children. <laughs> It's like, well, yeah, but Bojack and um, Big Mouth as well are one of the, like, I absolutely love Big Mouth. I've not seen that. I remember when that was announced and I saw the trailer for it. I was like, yeah, that looks like my kind of thing. Yeah, but I've just, not, <laughs> I've just never watched it. Yeah, it's it's definitely one not to watch around the kids. Yeah. <laughs> 100% not, not watching that um, around the kid. I've just realised that, uh, that we've been talking for like nearly an hour and um, <laughs> not really said sort of anything that we were discussing beforehand that we were going to say let's go to a couple of your things (laughs) well um i by virtue of the scheduling of these recordings have seen an awful lot of movies actually in the cinema as well as you know fairly newish ones on netflix um one of the ones i really wanted to talk about was uh, a film called I Lost My Body. Okay. Um, which is, it was nominated for an Oscar in the Best Animated cari- uh, Category, I think. 100% never going to win because it was up against like fucking Toy Story 4 and stuff. <laughs> um, it's a French film and it is about, uh, how much do I want to go into this? It's about a, ma- it's about a guy who loses his hand and it follows, it, it follows on a weird timeline in that you see the events leading up to the guy losing his hand interspersed with the disembodied hand trying to get back to its body. Oh. Um, and I was so torn on this film. I've never watched a film before where I stared at my um, letterboxed app with no idea what review to give it <laughs> in terms of stars out of five. Because on the one hand, it is one of the most wildly original th- things I've ever seen, like ever. Um, mm. You know, I've... The idea of how somebody came up with the idea of a hand trying to reunite itself with its body juxtaposed against this, like, you know, story set in the past in the build up to the loss of the hand is bananas to me. Um, and the animation is, it's really hard to describe because it's, it's fantastic, but it's also not, not that polished, but somehow that really works for what it's going for. It's a bit sort of janky is the best word I could use. <laughs> I think, which probably doesn't sell people on it at all. But like, yeah, the animation was cracking. The idea behind it was absolutely like 
I was floored by how original it was. And it's got a really good soundtrack too. The the score's good. And then there's it's interspersed with a lot of um like French rap, uh, which I didn't realise I liked until this film. Because I've never listened to any, because I'm not French. Uh, <laughs> and I've got limited English-speaking horizons. But on the other hand, the parts with the... I didn't mean to say hand then as like a joke. <laughs> it's literally just a turn of phrase. It's all of the parts with the hand scared the shit out of me and I hated it. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't... I don't know how to describe how I felt about this. It's like... The best way I can say it is... Imagine something that you've got like a phobia of and then watching a film of it. That's how I felt every time the hand was on screen. Mm. Um, I'm not a big fan of, there are like certain kinds of stop motion that freak me out. I don't like the looks of certain bits of animation, like um, Ren and Stimpy scares me. (laughs) It's the stupidest thing I've ever said, Um, but it's true. (laughs) It's 100% true. There's like, there's just like certain kinds of animation that just give me that feeling in my stomach that I get when I'm really uncomfortable and I'm just not enjoying something. And there are scenes in this film where like this hand has to like fight off a pigeon and it has to fight off some like rats. And at one point it's covered in ants and just everything about it just deeply upset me. It was like right in the pit of my stomach. Like, no, I hate this. I hate it. Um, (laughs) And I don't know whether that was just because it was animated in such a way that the the hand like had a personality and it sort of it sort of made you feel like you were there all covered in ants and like getting attacked by rats. And I just hate it. Just didn't like it. Didn't like that at all. So I was like, right, let's see if I can, you know, jam with the half of this story that's actually about the dude (laughs) before the hand gets lost. And um, and I hated him. I really hated him. (laughs) I am. Never have I seen a protagonist who I have disliked more because he the, the whole story. This is a bit. This is a bit of a spoiler. Getting into spoiler territory here. If anybody was going to watch this movie, the whole film is about a guy who he's had a bit of a shitty upbringing, lost his parents, now lives with his fairly uncle, and who I think is his cousin, who seems like a bit of a prick. Um, but like, it's not like you know, it's not being abused or anything. It's just that they just don't. They don't really want him there and he doesn't want to really want to be there. Their apartment's too small. And obviously, you know, losing your parents kind of fucking sucks. But the whole story is about him del- trying to deliver a pizza to a woman and not being able to get through the door because of the locking mechanism not working. So he just chats to her through the intercom for a bit. Then he stalks her, literally, literally fucking yellow pages to find out where she works uh tries to phone her there can't talk to her because he's freaked out then he goes to the library that she works at and follows her around a bit then he follows her to what i think is either her uncle or her dad's like workshop and she spots him she's like what the fuck are you doing and he's like oh uh, i was just looking for a job handily the dad or whatever needs to have uh, a helper in his workshop so he starts working there so basically this guy it's like the epitome of a story about one of those nice guys who are like oh nobody ever likes me blah 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 yeah you fucking stalked a woman tricked (laughs) her into thinking you were just getting a fucking job so that you could stalk her some more at a fucking dad or uncle's workshop or whatever the fuck and then like seemed surprised when you turned up with her favorite kind of pizza and went, I think I'm in love with you. And she was like, what the fuck? Uh, are you the pizza guy from earlier? Because this is creepy. And, um, and that's the film. And I was just like, oh. I just can't get behind. <sighs> yeah. It just didn't sit right with me at all that we were supposed to think what a lovely romantic gesture. 
Because <laughs> that's how the film sets it up. And then you're supposed to feel sorry for the guy afterwards when she rejects him because she's like, this is a creepy thing that you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, well, to be fair... It, it was made by a man. Um, I, don't, I don't actually know. I haven't looked into it. I would assume so. I was quite mad. That. I was quite mad when I finished watching it, and the only the only saving grace was the fact that the girl calls him out. Like, she doesn't just go, oh, what a lovely romantic gesture, let's share this pizza on this rooftop in this igloo that you built for me for some reason. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, at least she says, do you realise you're being an absolute creepy fuckface? <laughs> um, good. Which is good, yeah. Uh, but, like, overall, I just didn't understand, because a lot of people had told me, this will blow your fucking mind. And, of course, it was nominated for an Oscar, which, I mean, it doesn't really mean much because Joker was nominated for 11 and that fucking film, don't even get me started. Um, but, you know, you think, I went into it thinking, like, this is going to be amazing. And it was it was like a film of two halves and both of the halves did not appeal to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, no, I hate it. Um, and then I felt really bad uh, because I've got, like, a lot of animation-related friends who were like, hey, have you seen I Lost My Body Yet? What did you think? And I was like, um, it looks good. <laughs> so hide under the sofa. Um, but it's it's like, I couldn't I couldn't say to people, like, don't watch it. Because yeah. I think there's enough there in terms of the animation and the originality of the story and everything to give it a whirl. And, of course, a lot of people will have a lot less of a visceral reaction to a disembodied hand <laughs> fighting rats <laughs> than I will. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Such a weird film. I gave it two and a half in the end because I couldn't decide, so I just went straight down the middle. Just don't know. Um, <laughs> but it was certainly certainly an interesting experience. Sounds, yeah, it does sound in, in, intriguing. It's been different. An, it's been an interesting year for me for films uh, already because I've seen a couple of films that I would I would say might be bothering like my top ten movies ever, and then a couple of films that I would say that like might actually be some of the worst things I've ever seen. I saw, I saw Uncut Gems, and I've got a very unpopular opinion about that movie. <laughs> uh, my hot take, eat shit. <laughs> it's not a good film. Why do people think that Adam Sandler can act in this movie? I don't know. G- genuinely, somebody please explain it to me. I've never seen him acting properly in anything, like, I don't think. Mm, not like I can think of it off the top of my head, anyway. He's such, he's such an odd one, because... I don't really like any of his comedic films because I don't I don't really like when comedians rely on listen to this funny voice I'm doing burr which is a lot yeah. of what his comedies are about like oh I've, I've put on a lisp for a laugh I, and I think uh, that line the first one of his I remember seeing was Happy Gilmore which I loved and then yeah after the more you see of him the more you realise it's all the same so I kind of like that yeah. that one. <laughs> Because I've got good memories of the first few times I saw it, yeah. and then and there's some funny stuff in it. Like, you eat pieces of shit for breakfast. That's <laughs> still one of my favourite uh, things. But yeah, the, I'm not so keen on much of his other stuff, to be honest. The only film I've come close to liking him in was Funny People. But when I say liking, I couldn't tell you what that film's about actually. <laughs> so I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure that's a rousing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have I have got a bad memory, but you would think I would remember vaguely what that film was about. It's about comedians existing in somewhere. I don't yeah. know. But uh, Uncut Gems. So this is another one. <sighs> I feel like I need to meet some people who don't like this movie. Because at the moment, I'm questioning whether I'm just an idiot that doesn't understand film. Because I watched it with Rich. And 
we, we've both got this habit now because we've got the letterboxd app of like going onto letterboxd and putting our star review and, and maybe putting a little wordy review in there before we find out what each other actually thought of the film so that we can like have a little sneaky peek and rich gave it five stars and was like one of the best films i've ever seen and i gave it one star uh and i was like i hate this and he asked me if i was okay because he couldn't comprehend that i wouldn't like it but to me uncut gems is like two hours worth of obnoxiously loud shouting in what can only be described as a stereotypical Jewish accent around teeth, false teeth that he can't quite get around. And that's the film. It's just, <laughs> it's just shouting. It's, everybody's just shouting. Occasionally there's gunshots. There's some more shouting. And it's awful. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's just, I don't even know how to describe it. So it's set it's set in like I wanna say about twenty twelve or something like that. I can't remember the exact year, but it's something like that. So like mobile phones exist and like Instagram exists and that, but it's not like it's not like set now. But the soundtrack is kind of like this weird, like sort of eighties synthy weirdness. Doesn't fit with the film at all. And oftentimes completely overshadows everything that's happening in the film. It's just loud, just real loud. And then when the score's not being loud, the people are being too loud, just shouting. Like a lot of people have said that this movie gave them anxiety because it's so tense. And I was like, if you think, if are you just mistaking people shouting at each other for tension? Because I didn't think the movie was tense at all. I just thought it was, it was just people just yelling obnoxiously loudly. Um, and then it's also got this weird sort of like, it feels like a sort of 70s crime-ish kind of thrillery movie thing. But then it's set in 2012 and it's got this 80s soundtrack and then it doesn't really do anything or say anything or go anywhere and nobody in it is likeable. <laughs> oh, man. So I would genuinely like, but the thing is, I can't have a conversation with my husband about it because he just cannot get his head around the fact that I wouldn't like it. Like it just won't, he's just like, I don't get it so i need somebody to explain to me <laughs> why this movie is supposedly good <laughs> like answers on a postcard do me a tweet at stacy's parlor please explain to me why uncut gems is supposed to be good because i was genuinely shocked when we got to the end of the movie that rich liked it because i was like this is trash <laughs> 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 it's total trash and i just do not i just uh, uh, people saying like i can't wrap my head around i found it hard enough when people were saying give joaquin phoenix the oscar for the joker because to me that was so much like give me an award acting that i couldn't get behind it but this to me is even worse people saying that adam sandler was snubbed for this (laughs) with the oscars is a laughable thing to say it's just so like he just shouts and it's not even good shouting i don't know (laughs) Good showing. I just, I, I just What's can't. The last film with good showing. Mm, let's have a think. I'll get back to you on that. One, I think. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just. And the thing is, I'm not one of these people who thinks that you have to like everybody or that films have to have a point. But like, I don't know. There has to be some personality there. But everybody's personality in this was just abrasive. Yeah. <laughs> like. There wasn't a single person to like or empathise with or sympathise with or feel sorry for or give any kind of a shit about. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't, I don't understand when people, when films or TV series or whatever, when the central character or the group of characters are utter bellends 
and you don't give a shit about what happens to them. It's like, what is the point in making a program where you couldn't give a toss mm. what happened? You need to care about the people in it for the, yeah. to like the, the film or the show. Yeah. Well, that's this is what I found so interesting about the difference in mine and Rich's reaction to this because Rich absolutely hates the TV show The Inbetweeners right. because, because he says all four of those kids are dickheads, so who gives a shit? Whereas, yes, they are dickheads. Yeah. Um, but they're really fucking funny. And they are. they're also very different kinds of dickhead, if that makes it like they've all got yeah. personalities. They're a, they're on the spectrum of dickheads. Um and so like yeah, it just it baffled me that he can't get behind something like that, even though it's at least funny and varied. But he was like so all in on this. Whereas to, to me, it was like you could have had any one of the actors in that film playing any of the other roles because they were all being the same abrasive, loud person. I just, no, I just can't d- deal with. And it's one of these things as well where like a lot of the time, if there's a film or TV show or whatever that I don't like, but a lot of other people do, I can 100% throw my hands up and say, it's not my bag, but I understand why people like it. I mm. don't on this this and the Joker, I, ca- I just do not, I cannot fathom how anyone can watch them and be like, yeah, film of the year. <laughs> just, yeah. I just can't. It's odd, that, isn't it? It's odd that films, uh, I've probably seen it more with the Joker recently, mm. have such divided opinions. Yeah. There's no one who just thinks it's, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, it's, mar- it's a proper Marmite film. Mm. Yeah. And I don't understand how that happens. Um, what is it about us as people watching it? That either love it or hate it. Yeah, that is interesting. I don't know because, like I say, I mean, there are other films that are like a hundred percent not for me, but I get, I get it in terms of yeah. what, like The Irishman. That's never going to be a film for me. It's yeah. too long. I don't really like gangster movies. Same. You know, it's I've seen it all before in all of his other movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, di- I didn't need The Irishman, and Rich put it on, and I tried to watch a bit of it, and I was like, no, do you know what? It's not for me. But I get I get why he liked that, because he likes gangster movies. He likes all of the films that came before it. He likes those actors. You know, it very much delivers on what it says it's going to deliver on. Um, Rich seems to be one of the few people I know that's actually watched it in one sitting, which I find interesting, um, because I feel like if you're going to make a three-hour film, rather than, I don't know, you know, six half hour short films or a, a mini series or something, you should watch it in one go. And I don't quite understand why people are recommending watching it in chunks. Seems weird to me because that suggests to me that it's too long. If you can't sit through it, it must be boring somehow. <laughs> but maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's just me and my weird brain. But I get, I get why he liked that. But I don't know. I just, I can't, I cannot figure out Uncut Gems at all. I just, as soon as. Adam Sandler's face came on with those teeth and he clearly can't act around them. He's having such a hard time. And I I do feel bad for actors like that because like one of the many, many reasons that I won't watch Bohemian Rhapsody is because having watched the trailer, just Rami Malik trying to act around those teeth is, is hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's really, yeah. really hard to watch. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, um, how long he had to try them on? Like, wear these for three weeks just to get used to them. Well, this I is because when I was a kid, I had braces, top and bottom teeth, and fixed ones. And it took a good six months for me to stop sounding like Sid from Ice Age. Like, <laughs> you know, it was it was a nightmare. So the idea of having like yeah, giant extra fake teeth that all of a sudden, you know, are scraping along your other teeth or your lips or like, it's hard to, like, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't yeah. want to do it. But, you know, that's why I'm not an actress. That and the fact that I can't act. 
<laughs> That's a pretty big hurdle in a way, isn't it, really? Yeah. Otherwise, you'd be, you'd be there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd be great at being in the background of an episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've talked too much about films I didn't like very much. <laughs> um, so I'm going to throw 1917 out there. Cool. Um, I'm not going to talk about it too much, though, simply because I think a thousand other podcasts will have done that and will have espoused much more, you know, insightful opinions on it than uh, than I will. But if if it's still in a cinema near you and you haven't already seen it, I think you should probably go. Um, and this is coming from somebody who does not like war films. I've never, like I was saying before, I kind of prefer my entertainment to be escapism. And so I struggle I struggle with films that are about real life atrocities. So war films are a big no generally from me because I don't and this is this is a horrible thing to say, but I don't like to think about it. It upsets me too much to think about the horrible yeah. shit that countries have done to each other before. I had that issue with is it the impossible? Is that the one about the tsunami? Oh, I don't with, know. With um Ewan McGregor in it. Oh, I, I couldn't help but watch it. Watch it. it was it's a pretty good film, but I couldn't help be distracted by watching it, thinking, "But this is this actually happened to people? Yeah, this is a real person's life you're showing. Mm. All these horrors that we are watching actually happened to someone, and uh, that brings me out of enjoyment of some things like yeah. the war films as well. It's like I shouldn't be enjoying this because this is a representation of what happened to millions of people. Yeah, and it wasn't it's, good. Yeah, why, it's why, why am I watching it? Yeah, it's why I've only ever watched like Schindler's List once because I can't I can't watch it again. Mm, same, um, yeah. Or even things like Saving Private Ryan, which isn't a real story, but it's set during a real event. And like yes. the opening to that was too much for me, almost entirely too much. I had to, you know, when that guy is looking around for his own arm, oh, and I was yeah, just, yeah. I, I was just like, I can't, like my tiny brain can't comprehend that that was what people were dealing with at that time. Like, ugh. So I wasn't. I went to see 1917 and Jojo Rabbit in the same day. What a what a weird one too for a person who doesn't like war films about atrocities. And I was fully expecting to come out of it loving Jojo Rabbit because I love Taika Waititi. It looked like it was going to be a comedy from the trailers. You know, set during war times, but it looked very funny, it looked quirky, it looked a bit silly. And then I thought, I'm not going to like 1917 so much. I'll probably appreciate it for what it is. But I'll, you know, kind of hate it <laughs> for being a war film. Totally the opposite. Totally the opposite. I thought Jojo Rabbit was eh. It's probably the best way I can describe it. It's um, it's not funny enough to really be a comedy. It's also not really dramatic enough to really hit home there either. So it ends up just being a sort of weird thing that exists. It's fine, I guess. Whereas 1917, I, I must have cried like a million times throughout that film and I was just stunned by how good it is <laughs> it's um like I don't think this is a spoiler to say because it's quite a well-known thing but like the whole conceit of the film is that it was filmed in such a way and then sort of glued together afterwards so that it looks like one long shot yeah so the premise of the film is that these two guys need to get to a certain bit of somewhere I wasn't making notes and I've forgotten the names of places so they need to get there within like a day and a half to stop a particular attack happening because they know it's a trap. Telegrams aren't working for reasons I can't quite remember. Probably the Germans cut the 
you know, lines or whatever. Um, so these two guys have got to go and they've got to deliver this message. And that is, that's as much as I'll say about the plot of the film and what happens to the dudes. Um, and it just follows them and it's, it looks like one big long shot and, it's so well done that you can't ha- like you really feel like you're there and you're in it, which is simultaneously like amazing and also the worst because uh, it, it, there's bits where it's quite claustrophobic and there's bits where it's genuinely terrifying. There are some bits where the the use of light and shadow and it's it's so clever because all of a sudden you realise there are things there you hadn't quite noticed before because of the way the light was moving and the things that were in shadow and no longer in shadow. And the score by Thomas Newman, I think it is, is just so perfectly attuned to every moment in the film that I just, I came out of it because I didn't, I'd only found out about the conceit of it being like one long shot just before we went in to watch it, which told me over lunch. (laughs) But I didn't know anything else about the film because I, it's a war film. I hadn't bothered seeking out any trailers or anything. The two main guys are absolutely fantastic. The only thing that drew me out of it a bit was that there was quite a lot of, um, you know, they encounter like other squadrons and whatever. And like there was each one seemed to have like one very famous person in it that kind of dragged me out of it. It's like, oh, there's Mark Strong and like, oh, there's Benedict Cumberbatch. (laughs) Like, what's he doing there? Um, Which which drew me out of it a bit because I feel like having two like relatively unknown dudes at the forefront, I feel like Mm. it should have just been perhaps you know, fairly unrecognisable dudes for the whole... Yeah, sometimes thing. cameos can do that, can't they? They can, yeah. they can um, throw you off and you're like, oh, this... And you sort of, no, you should be concentrating on what's going on. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, overall, it was just like, you know when you watch a film and it just, like, hits you in the face and then you think about it for, like, three days straight? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was 1917 for me. I did want to go and see it again, but because of all the stuff that's been coming out lately, we haven't, we haven't, really, we haven't had a chance to go again. But yeah, it was just one of those films that I was just like, oh, like, shit. <laughs> just just couldn't stop thinking about it. It's amazing. Yeah, the last film I remember doing that with, that we and Kitty went to see together, we then drove home in complete silence. And as soon as we got home, pulled up on the driveway, we were like, right, I've had time to process. Let's do it. I can't remember. What the hell was it called? <laughs> Talk me through what happened in it. Maybe I'll it help. It was about a small child and a giant tree. Oh, a monster calls. Monster calls. Thank you. Oh my God, me and Rich wept in the cinema. <laughs> yeah. Why did that advertise itself so as trauma. such a whimsical movie? <laughs> I know, that's oh it. Uh, and we, we, yeah, we just we couldn't say anything to each other afterwards. We literally left the cinema, got in the car, drove home in complete silence. Yeah. Neither of us was ready to talk. No, it's and that it is stuck with us for ages afterwards as well. <sighs> yeah, that's a. It's another one of those movies that it's really hard to recommend, but it, but it is amazing. Yeah. But but you yeah, it broke me. <laughs> yeah. bit, like, it's again one of those films that I'm not sure if I'd ever watch again. Yeah. We haven't watched it again since because I don't I don't I don't think I could. Yeah. Um I watched have you ever have you ever read the comic I Kill Giants by Joe Kelly? Not read it, I know of it, but I thought it. Yeah. It's um it's on a similar theme, that is. It's about a girl trying to deal with her mum dying. It's <laughs> God. It, and she she deals with it by sort of imagining giants uh, that she slays, and the, the giants are kind of an allegory for the cancer, and she wishes she could slay. Anyway, it's rough. Um, <laughs> but they, they made a film of that, um, I think it was the year before last, and that was another one that, like, 
I think I've been softened by the fact that a monster calls had come out before it, mm. um, and I, and the fact that I'd read the comic, so I had an idea of because that was the thing about a monster calls. Genuinely, the, the the trailers made it look like a boy makes friends with a tree. <laughs> <Which Yeah. is> he? <laughs> You're like, oh, what a lovely movie about a boy making friends with a tree, and then it's just like this absolute kick in the heart. <laughs> oh, isn't it just? It's like they stick the oh. knife in multiple times, twist it around. Good lord. <sighs> yeah, that movie was difficult. I mean, there's I've I've never seen Rich cry except at the cinema, and that was one of the movies <laughs> that we we both we just like looked at each other like. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that film was rough. It's interesting. It's on that uh, that kind of level. Then this. <coughs> is it? Yeah, it is. You. Yeah, it definitely did, and it's you know I. I think it's partly because of the material, because like I say, it's thinking about this is the shit that people were dealing with. Yeah. You know, I thank my lucky stars every day that I've never had to do anything like that because, I mean, I'd be, I'd, <laughs> I was joking about it earlier, but I would probably be the first one dead if anything, you know, seriously oh, yeah. dramatic happened yeah. like that or a zombie apocalypse or anything because I am yeah. wildly <laughs> underprepared for. After the last, was it mid-season finale or whatever, of Walking Dead, Kitty turned to me and went, in the zombie apocalypse, do you think we'd be alive by this point? <laughs> like, no, of course not. Don't be so bloody stupid. No. We can't uh, fend for ourselves. No, I, I've always said that if, if the zombie apocalypse kicked off while I was outside, then I would be dead almost instantly. <laughs> if it kicked off while I was at home, then I'd be alive as long as there was food. And then once <laughs> that's run out, that's it, mate. Because uh, 100% I am not the kind of I do not have the kind of bravery or cardio or strength to go out and try and beat up zombies to get to a shop to loot or something. Yeah. <laughs> so unless the uh, unless the authorities were able to clear it all up in a day or so, and then I'd just be a bit hungry <laughs> and a bit bored, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk about very briefly, just looking at the time, it will be brief. Uh, I went to see Parasite. And um, and I will say uh, 100%, this is why I'm not going to talk about it very much, that you should go into this movie the same way I did, knowing absolutely fuck all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't seen a trailer, didn't know what the themes of it were, not a clue. Uh, only thing I knew was that it had been nominated for an Oscar, and I was like, cool and the gang, put that in my eyes. It is brilliant. Um, I'll probably come back to this on a in an episode maybe next month or the month after once it's been out for a bit longer. But 100% this was like one of those films that just took me entirely by surprise but in an amazing way because it's super smart, it's super funny, it's got shit to say. <laughs> Unlike, I keep coming back to it, but like, you know how the Joker acts like it's got stuff to say but it actually doesn't say anything useful at all? Um, this film, yeah, it says exactly what it means to say uh, and it says it very well. So, yeah, amazing. Don't know why some people have been touting it as a horror, though. Don't think that's accurate. Because um, Richie's sister texted us when we were going to see it, and she was like, oh, uh, can you let me know how scary it is? Because I don't know if I want to see it or not. And we were like, um, it's zero scary. <laughs> 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 it's There's no scary. It's fine. But, yeah, it is so it is so worthy of the hype, like all of the hype. And that is all I'm going to – I'm going to shut up now because I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. Yeah, good. That's one of those again that I wanna I wanna watch. Probably won't be able to see it when it's in the cinema. I have to wait for that. Our, our cinema trips are now just basically big Marvel and Disney films. That's mm-hmm. the only time we only really get to go out four or five times a year. Yeah. So we save it for the ones we really 
I see. Um, we used to we used to have like you know cinema world cards. We used to go once, maybe twice a week. Yeah. See all sorts of crap. No. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. I think I think was Endgame the last thing I went out for. Quite possibly. Really. Yeah, I think so. I don't oh, recall God. going out since then. I went to my. That was my very first midnight screening. Um, oh really? Endgame was. I've never done that before, but I was so scared of people spoiling it on the internet. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, so was I. We, we I would say we went. We went after it had been out two weeks. Oof, that's risky business. <laughs> yeah, want to just? I was worried. I even tweeted showcase. I'm like, is it still going to be on? Because <laughs> I know what you like these days. Films come out. Yeah. And before you know it, they're gone again. Oh yeah. There's a. Uh, what was the one that we saw recently that came and went? Like oh the lighthouse, <laughs> that that's another one for a different podcast because I've got things to say about the lighthouse. <laughs> what a weird movie. Have you said have you have you got intentions to uh, take the little one to see Sonic at all? No, he's he's not done. He's not great with films. His attention span's not long enough yet. When he was yeah. really little, we went to the cinema to see uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> When he was literally yeah. like a few months old in one of the like, baby screenings, which was great because he slept through most of it. Okay. Um, and we also did a baby screening for Incredibles 2, although I, I had to leave with 20 minutes left because I had a join at New to go to. Ah. Uh, and I was like, I didn't realise how long this was. I've got to go. <laughs> oh, I should film that. <laughs> I, I keep meaning to watch the last 20 minutes to find out what the <laughs> fuck happened. Um, but, yeah, we, we haven't taken him out to the cinema to see stuff. I mean, we've shown him stuff at home. He keeps trying to show him different Disney, classic Disney films, mm. some of which he copes with. And we'll, We watched um, The Good Dinosaur the other day. It's the first time I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, he, he sat and watched all of that. We did Shrek, I think, last week. He does Moana every other week, pretty much. <laughs> he absolutely adores Moana. Every time we try and put another Disney film on, as soon as the Disney logo comes up at the beginning, he's like, Moana? I'm like, no, it's not Moana. <laughs> oh, and he's like, oh. And then it, <laughs> I tried to show him The Lion King a couple of months ago, and he sat and watched the whole intro bit. And as soon as it came up with the title, going, boom, he went, all done. <laughs> And he just got off the sofa and walked off. Oh, I was like, no, it's not all done. That's just the intro, mate. Come on. And then he came back in and he was like, Moana, Moana, Moana now. Oh, I, d- I can't wait for my niece to be old enough for me to properly take her to the cinema. Because she's been, yeah. she's um, she's five next month. And, um, oh God, or is she six? No, I think she's five. <laughs> Good <laughs> Lord, my maths. Um, But she's... It wouldn't surprise me if she had, like, a mild form of ADHD or something because I've never seen it. Like, I understand kids are energetic and nutters, but I've never seen anything like Lexi. She won't even sit still in the bath. Like, (laughs) she runs up and down the bath like an absolute lunatic, just never sits still. But she does, like, there are some films that sometimes you pop a film on that she particularly enjoys and she will sit through it, but I don't know how she would take it at the cinema because of the, you know, the big screen and it's a lot. You know the dark and the noise and the other people. It's a whole different ball game, isn't it? I don't remember how old I was when I first went to the cinema when I was a kid. Um, I don't. I think the first too long from, ago. From what I remember, the first time I remember going to the cinema was to see Black Cauldron. Oh, I've still not seen that. <laughs> which I saw again for the first time in was well, probably since about two years ago. He mm. said I watched it. I watched it. I was like, I do not remember any of this. <laughs> But boy, this does not feel like a Disney film. 
Yeah, I've still yet to see it, but my hubby likes it, so I should probably give it a whirl at some point. I know the first film I saw at the cinema was a Disney film, but I can't remember which one. The first the first cinema experience I actually remember was go- <laughs> was going to see the first Toy Story movie with my friend Jenny for her birthday, and her mum came with us, and she kept freaking out about the scary toys in Sid's house and kept trying to cover our eyes because she thought we'd be frightened. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She also took us a few years later to see Men in Black and tried to cover our eyes during pretty much the whole of that movie, which was really (laughs) annoying because I was loving it. Vincent did not (laughs) I love that movie. I I don't understand people that think that movie is just like a, you know, standard shitty comedy. Like It's fucking brilliant and D'Onofrio is amazing. And I'll fight anybody. That that's his best performance, and I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. <laughs> it took me so long to realise it was him. Uh, like, you know, I didn't know him at the time. Yeah. And then seen him in lots of other stuff since, and thinking what a brilliant actor he is. And then suddenly realised, holy crap, that's Edgar. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely. So wearing an Edgar suit. I love. Oh God, I need to watch that again. I think it's like one of the only movies with Will Smith in that I can stand. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know what it is about Will Smith. I just don't think he's very good. But anyway. What my my mate that I used to work with would say is Will Smith is to acting what Will Smith is to (laughs) hip-hop. A disaster. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because I do remember when I – and I don't know if it's because I was younger or what, but I do remember watching Fresh Prince when I was a kid and thinking he was good in it. So, like, I don't know whether when I grew up I equated the idea of him being in movies with, like, oh, this will probably be quite good. Yeah. Hollywood obviously thought that. Well, yeah. Well, pardon me. That was disgusting. I, I, I like some of his stuff, but yeah, he's not exactly a <clears throat> brilliant. I didn't mind. Actually, one thing I didn't mind him in, from what I remember, was um, Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, I haven't well, seen that either. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I've not. To be honest, I don't really think I've seen that many Will Smith films because I think I saw Independence Day and Men in Black, and I was like, I think I'm done with you as an actor. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think that'll do. That's filled my quota of Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I've yet to see I Am Legend, which people tell me is amazingly bad. So Yeah, I was um, not a fan <laughs> of that. Yeah, I've not read the book, though, either, so maybe maybe I'd like it. Maybe I wouldn't be so offended by it because I don't know what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I think <laughs> one thing I, I other people were saying, oh, they changed this, that, and the other. I was like, oh, well, I can't imagine it being any other way than the way I saw it on the film. And mm. that was, yeah, it was right. Yeah. I think sometimes changes from books are fine. Like, I am one of the very few people who thinks it was a good idea, the change to the end of Watchmen. Uh, yeah. The movie. And I, I'm also one of the few people that doesn't think it was a terrible thing that the Silver Surfer looked like a big scary cloud in Fantastic Four Silver Surfer because I was like uh, not Silver Surfer Galactus, Galactus I was like yeah. would would you honestly have bought a giant <laughs> man in a giant purple fucking hat just yeah. appearing in the sky and being like I'm gonna eat you guys don't mind if I do like with a giant napkin dabbing the corners of his lips afterwards <laughs> like of course not that's fucking silly like <laughs> don't but be are we, are we actually gonna get that do you think in the MCU somewhere down the line I hope so <laughs> Like, they can, I think they can sell us fucking anything at this point. Well, I think and make it work. Yeah, I think I think there's ways to do Galactus that's somewhere like a some a happy medium between what's in the comics and what was in the film. Yeah, but I think at the time, I don't think there's any way they could have made a humanoid Galactus no. look worthwhile at all. Absolutely not. But anyway, it's I been also... an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> 
it has. Say a chat to you quite happily. Well, I, I feel like I've just chatted at you, which makes me feel a bit bad. Uh, was there a bit a... half and half. I chatted to you for a bit for the beginning, and then uh, <laughs> I just let you say what you wanted to say. And I was um, quite happy with that. <laughs> was there any other stuff that you wanted to highlight before, like pop culture-wise, before we do a 21 skidoo? Pop culture-wise, I can't think of anything. I mean, like I said, mentioned earlier, we watched Picard. I think that's a bit... I'm up and down on that so far. There's some good points of it, and then there's some bit. It just it doesn't feel like Star Trek, right? See, it's it's decent, but it doesn't feel like Star Trek to me because mainly because it's not really in space. Oh, (laughs) it took took until like I don't know how many episodes I've seen now. Four. The beginning of that fourth episode is when they finally went into space and they weren't up there long, and they were on another planet for a bit. But the first three episodes are all on Earth Mm. mainly. And then just, you know, Picard hanging around his chateau uh, and his vineyard. And it's, although I did find it <laughs> funny, funny that his dog was called number one, uh, which, which was quite funny. Um, but yeah, there's some nice bits to it. I, I think it'll build. I think I'll probably end up enjoying it. But mm. so far, I've just been slightly underwhelmed by it. <laughs> have you, have you been watching Lock and Key at all? No, I, me and Kitty came across it on Netflix and she said, and I, I said, I, oh, I know what that's about. And I explained it. She went, oh, that sounds interesting. Maybe you can watch that. And then I was going to, and then I saw someone online say how boring it was. Ah. And it put me off and I watched something else instead. Yeah. See, I don't think it's boring. So I haven't, I can't remember how many episodes I've watched. I want to say around five-ish. I don't think it's boring, but I think it's weird and not in the right way. So it's... I read the comics and I loved them. The TV show seems to be leaning a little bit away from the horror and a bit closer to sort of fantasy type stuff. It's It's got like a much more whimsical soundtrack and stuff than you might have expected from what the comics were. The, um, the issue that I've been having with it is that nobody seems to react to anything in a normal human way. So like, for example... You know, they find a key and the kid is like, hey, I've discovered if I put this key in the back of my head, I can literally walk inside my own head and you guys can too if you fancy. And they're just like, yeah, go on then. (laughs) And I'm like, are you actually shitting me? This guy just said, look, at, watch this. I've picked up this key. As soon as I get it near to the back of my head, a keyhole appears in the back of my fucking head. And I'm turning a key and now I'm a different, I'm outside of my body, climbing to this fucking Ottoman toy chest thing and we'll be inside my head. And the brother and sister are just like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'd be like, melt that fucking key down. I'd be like, a hole has appeared in the back of your head. What the fuck? What the actual fuck? And then I'd have fainted from the shock. And then I'd have woken up again. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I live in a land of, like, mystical fucking keys. Oh, my God. And then I'd probably fainted again. And, like, I'd I'd instantly phoned an estate agent and listed the house (laughs) for sale again. (laughs) Got to get the fuck out of this house. They're so nonchalant about it. And, like... There are bits where it makes sense. Like, for example, there's a bit where the mom discovers something, but then as soon as... I'm trying to dance around spoilers. As soon as that thing is over, she immediately forgets it, and it's very obvious that that's part of the the thing of this key. So it makes sense that she's just pottering around the house like normal, like, la, 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 nothing weird in my house. But the kids, the kids are just like... They just take everything. So, like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, the little one finds a guy down, a, a woman down the well. And he's just like, and she's like, yeah, I've been living here for ages. Do you want to let me out? And he's like, yeah, cool. And then they have a chat and she disappears through a door that didn't fucking exist there before to step into, like, fucking <laughs> France or somewhere. And he's just like, oh, uh, 
I'm going to go have some pancakes. Like, <laughs> it's so, I just do not, I, do, I don't, and like, you know, I understand that we don't need to see every tiny reaction to stuff. Like, it'd be so crap. Like, if every season of Doctor Who, when we had a new companion, there was like 10 minutes of them running in and out of the TARDIS, like, this doesn't make yeah. any fucking sense. But you need to have some reaction in there so that you feel like these people are actually fucking human people (laughs) like that you can you know empathize with and like relate to and get on the side of it's really hard to do that when people are just like oh a mr cookie wicked (laughs) like it's so weird i'm probably gonna finish it though just because i'm a completionist (laughs) i've started watching it now i'm I'm Uh, stuck yeah i'm the same I, i can't ever not not get to the end of stuff normally there have been a few instances where like I said earlier, we got something, I'll not enjoy this. I think we're going to have to stop. But normally, if I'm like, eh, it's all right, I will keep watching it. Yeah. And it's not like there's a thousand other things you could be watching instead that you might like more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was the thing. I, I was speaking to someone the other day and saying, I remember when comic book TV stuff started You know, in the recent age, when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started, for example, and there wasn't really anything else around at that time. And now we've got so much out there I'm like, well i physically can't watch it all mm. and it getting to that point where oh, like the dc tv shows at some point i was like i don't have enough time to watch all of these i'm gonna have to drop at least one yeah possibly two because i can't keep up and then i ended up ditching them all oh i'm just down to flash now uh, I ditched <laughs> and, and them that's, all that's except, on a razor's edge <laughs> uh, i i ditched them all except i i watched all of them up until last year's crossover mm-hmm. i say last year's we 2018's now 2018's crossover and then I didn't watch any of them after that until the beginning of this most recent series of Arrow, because I know it's the last. I've watched that, and I've watched all the crossover stuff. But that's it. I'm probably just going to watch crossovers <laughs> and nothing else out the others, because I can do that. I can watch yeah. four or five episodes a year. To be fair, they, are, they do tend to be some of the better ones Yeah. as well. <laughs> right, I really am going to have to shut the fuck up now, because it's almost Stacey's bedtime. It's a weeknight. I'm tired. <laughs> Would you like to tell people where they can find you and the Ministry of Swooping and the Superpod business? Sure. I uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Al Galpin. That's G A L P I N Galpin. Uh, Ministry of Swooping, fake news podcast where we look at the stories and memes that people share online and fact check them is at mo swooping and we're coming back for series two next month in fact episode one of series two will be live at superpod uh, and superpod is superpod.co.uk you can find all the details there we are also on twitter and insta and facebook at superpod uk excellent it's been so lovely having you in the parlor well, it's been lovely being here in the parlour. Yay! Next time, because there will be a next time, I've already decided. Uh, <laughs> I have to coordinate better so that I haven't seen like a million and one things and you've only seen two things. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, I did try. I did, like I said to you earlier, <laughs> yeah. three days running, I meant to go out and watch Birds of Prey and three days running, I got too sidetracked and didn't end up going. Yeah, I've me and Rich have made plans to see Birds of Prey a few times, and we're we're now at the point where we're like this Saturday, we're <laughs> gonna go and see it. And I think we're gonna do another double, but I can't remember what the other film is that we're gonna see. So yeah. I guess you'll find that out next month uh, <laughs> when I inevitably ramble some more about films that I've seen. But yeah, thank you for stopping by. It's been an absolutely delightful chat. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And um, lovely listeners. 
go to the super pod if you can um and if you can't do that donate to the super pod and if you can't do that share the super pod <laughs> and if you can't do that what are you doing on the internet how do you not understand how sharing works um and have a lovely month and uh, i'll see you next month Mwah! bye bye thank you for listening to stacy's pop culture parlor to get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah! <laughs>